A good near of Shabbos to our friends and members of the West Mount Shul. This week we are reading a two parshios, Parshas Matos and Mase. We'll be saying Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek. And with that, we will also be blessing the new moon of Av. As the rabbis tell us, Mishenichnas Av Mema'atim Besimcha. When the month of Av enters, we decrease our Simcha. Rosh Chodesh Av will be next week. And it's very interesting. In this week's Parsha, we are told a fact that is only said in this Parsha and nowhere else in the entire Torah. And that fact is that we had many great personalities who have lived during the times of the Tanakh and they have all passed on. Yet the Torah does not explicitly state the death of their passing except for in this week, Aaron HaKohen, where his passing is mentioned to be the first of Av in the last year of the Jews in the desert of the year 2488. So the obvious question that all the commentaries ask is why is Aaron the one whose, uh, whose date of passing, his yard site, is universally known from the Torah? It's so important, in fact, that the tour commentary on the base says that even though the first of Av is Rosh Chodesh, the righteous are permitted to fast in honor of Aaron. So what is about this? So we'll start with a beautiful Svas Emes. And the Svas Emes says an interesting thing in the Gemara in Sota, says, why was Moshe buried next to the place where the Baal Peor idol worship was. And the Gemara answers, in order to bring atonement for the despicable act when the Jewish people worshipped the idol of Peor. So we see that Moshe brought atonement to the to the Mokom of Shafel. We know that there are three dimensions in all of existence. That's the world of Oshon, which is... Oilam, Shona, and Nefesh, which is place, time, and soul. So now, when we're trying to bring Kapara in the world of space, of place, Moshe Rabbeinu is buried next to that place. So in that place, we need Kapara, so Moshe is buried in that place. Says the Svasemis, we can perhaps suggest that Aaron died, and we're told on Rosh Chodesh Ador, to bring kapara and eschus for the lowest time. And the lowest time is these nine days, mishenichnas av mamatim besimcha. And in that schus, we should be able to rebuild the Beis Amigdash. Why? Because it was destroyed because of sinas chinam. And Aaron, we know, like the mission Pirkei Avos says, having me talmide shal Aaron, oyev shalom, roidev shalom, abakarv and labrias. We should be like the students of Aaron to love peace, pursue peace, and bring people close to Torah. And therefore, the Torah is telling us on this date of putting in the Torah, where not only do we read this Torah portion of the week of Rosh Chodesh Av, but we're told that he died on Rosh Chodesh Av, and that we should be the students to be able to increase the peace, and because the time is so negative, we have to offset that 
by being the Ohev Shalom, the Rodev Shalom, which is the opposite of where the destruction of the Beis Amigdash came from, from Sinas Chinam. If you look in the more uh, modern versions, the later prints of the Sfas Emes in the footnotes, they bring a story that somebody was sitting on the earth saying his lamentations over the destruction of the Beis Amigdash. And a person came over to him and asked for his help for something unrelated. And the fellow said, just wait until I finish my kinos, and then I'll be able to hear what you have to say. To that, Rabbi Meir of Pramishlan said to him, he says, why are you crying over the Beis Amigdash if you're able to build it up with your hands? Be engaged in an act of chesed. The lo- do a lot of avas chinam that will bring the geula. And then afterwards go back and cry over the Beis Amigdash was destroyed. In other words, there is a there is a virtue for crying over the base Amigdash, but a greater virtue is to do chesed, and that itself is the building of itself. So therefore, and during these three coming up nine days, where we really have to mourn for the destruction, but maybe that's hard for us because we don't relate to it, as we've mentioned in past classes. But one thing we can all do is be involved in Aaron's work to bring peace into the world. Now, very interesting idea. And uh, and again, the obvious connection, Aaron dies in the beginning of the month of Av, and that now brings the prelude for the destruction that happened nine days later because of Sinas Chinam. So without a leader like Aaron, it's very hard. But as Chazalo said, we have to be like the students of Aaron. We have to pick up this place. So now Rabbi Shimshim Pinka, Sechron Levrach, and his Sefer Tiferet Shimshon explains a much deeper idea over here. And he says in this teaching of be the disciples of Aaron, he's saying Chazal are teaching us that we are required to have a mentor to teach us to love peace. And he says a fascinating idea. He says, if you ask yourself a question, what do people really prefer? Situations of tranquility or or situations of raging controversy? What do you really prefer? Well, one thing's for sure, the media knows what we prefer because that's what they feed us. Apparently, says Rapinkas, most people enjoy a good dispute, a raging controversy. You know, they say in the yeshiva, what's the hack? You know, you know, what what's 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 the action? Controversy adds zest to life. When things are peaceful and everybody gets along, it's too quiet. Often people ask me, Rabbi, how are things going? I say, Boruch Hashem, boring. There's no fighting, there's no sickness, there's no problems. Boruch Hashem. But many people don't like to be bored. They want some excitement. So that's one reason why people really prefer controversy. Also, when there's peace, too many people are taken for granted. No one notices them. They're not seen. They're not heard. Ah, but during the machlokas, when there's controversy, these quote-unquote little guys suddenly come out of the woodwork articulating their opinions, making the demands, suddenly they have a venue, an audience that will listen to them. This is why we need a Rebbe, a mentor of the caliber of Aaron Cohen, 
to teach us the significance of living peacefully because people would rather live with strife. But in order to promote peace, we have to first learn to love peace. That's why it says we have to be an Ohev Shalom. To love peace, the boring peace, more than the exciting controversy. Then we can go to the next level of being Rodev Shalom, to create a venue for peaceful coexistence. Rapinchas gives in this a very nice marshal to elucidate this point. You have a young boy who chanced upon a fire that was devouring a large building. Now there was a tremendous amount of excitement in the air. It was overwhelming. Fire trucks blaring their sirens, firemen climbing ladders, carrying hoses, shouting orders. The smoke, the flames, the spray, the water, the rising stream as it extinguished the flames. Even though the boy was nothing more than a spectator, the experience, so to speak, engulfed him, creating an almost unquenchable desire to see more, to experience another such quote-unquote exhilarating encounter. Such a boy can maybe be suspected of going as far as to set a fire just for the rush and the thrill that it brings. That's the marshal. Controversy is similar. Those who are used to a sedentary life become awakened to the fires of Machlaikis. It gives meaning to their lives, structuring a mission to get involved and say their piece. And unfortunately, those who do not have a controversy available will go to great lengths to initiate one just so they'll have something to do with their lives. Irona Cohen taught us the importance of loving peace and quiet. This is why his passing heralds a period of mourning and weeping for generations. We have to always remember what he taught us, love peace so that you will pursue it. Let me share with you two stories to make this point clear. The first one was said by Rav Aaron Toysig, as a rabbi near Eretz Yisrael. And he, he said the story happened many years ago that he, he usually gave a drusha on the night of Tishabov in the base Medrash Hagodel of Visionists. And I did that for many years. And there was one Matzi Shabbos, Matzi Tishabov, where the fast was over. Rav Toysik went with his son right after Tzais to say Kiddush Levana. When he finished saying Kiddush Levana, a person came over him to walk with him. And he wanted to tell me a story on the way home. And, uh, and he said, I don't mind if your son hears the story. So he begins to talk, and he breaks out in tears. So this is the Rabbi For eight years, there was a fight between me and my neighbor in the, in the same building that we're in. Eight years, we weren't speaking to each other. The Bachlok has started because of some building uh, that was going on, uh, you know, construction, whatever. He fooled me. He cheated me out of $20,000. We went many times to the Torah, but the bottom line is he never paid me the $20,000. Rabarn, you know 
that a machlokas between neighbors or relatives is very difficult. Last night on Tishabov, I was at your drasha, and you described with passionate words how great is the pain of a father if his children fight between these others, each other. And even if the father is very wealthy and has millions of dollars, it's all not worth it to him if his children are fighting with each other. And you quoted many, many Mamore Chazal that described the great pain that Hashem, our Father in Heaven, has over the Sinas Chinam between two Jews. And you also described how the Yetzirah of a person overcomes him to not allow himself to be appeased, even if he knows that the other side is right. Well, last night, I decided eight years, I've caused Hashem a lot of pain. I've given my father lots of pain. So this morning before I went to say Kinos, I knocked on the door of my neighbor. I hadn't spoken to him in years. He opens the door and he's totally confused. Eight years of not speaking and suddenly he's here. And I broke out in tears and I said I heard the drusha. That was last night that talks about how terrible Machlokas is. And I have come to appease you and to ask for your Mechila. And also I said, I moichel you with a complete heart for the $20,000 you owe me. And just say from your mouth the two words, Mochel Loch. Rabaran, that's what he said. He turns to Rabbi Aaron Toysik and he says, that was very, very hard for me. But I felt I did something good. And you won't believe what the neighbor said. The neighbor said, I was also at that drasha. Because the shul was dark and you couldn't see other people. And in my heart, I also made up a decision to come to you and ask for Mechila. But you beat me to it. And they're both crying. Well, they both go to shul, kinos, tishabov. It's nighttime. Ten minutes after the fast is over, the uh, the neighbor knocks. Now the other neighbor who owed the twenty knocked on my door together with his wife, and inside there and they have their in their hands is a bottle of liquor and an envelope. They gave me the envelope. And they say, we are not agreeable under any terms that you should forgo the $20,000. Here, here's $5,000 as a deposit and the rest will come. I took the envelope, he says, and said, my dear brother, at least let us, at least we can agree if you've brought $5,000. I mechel you with a complete mechila on the other $15,000, etc., etc. And that's the story he told Rav Aaron Toysik. So what do you see from this story? First of all, it's an Aaron who's doing Mamash Devot of Aaron. But you know what? People get bored of peace. They'd rather have machlaikas. Is this such an entertaining machlaikas? I think it's much more exciting that the people decided to make peace. There's much more excitement 
in seeing how will peace evolve in such a difficult situation. Rabbi Isai, Baruch Hashem, we live in, we are in one of the most boring shuls. One of the most boring shuls. Not very much strife in our shul. Not very much judging people unfavorably. We're a shul that we're there for each other. And it's an amazing thing. And boring? I don't know. You know, let's think about it. Don't you think Aaron Akayan understood this idea? Don't you think Hillel, who authored this statement, be like the students of Aaron? I know we live in a world that when, whenever you turn on any media, it's all about the excitement of strife. It's, it's terrible. All you're hearing, this one's mad at this one. Now we have people now when entertainers come on a stage, people throw cell phones at them. People, people pick up the mic and try to sing instead of them to sing. Because, oh, that's exciting. Did you see? We're so dulled from stimuli. We need more stimulus, more stimulus. It's not enough just to hear a singer sing. We have to have somebody disrupt it. It's destroying the world. And what about the boring? Ohev shalom. Love peace. If peace is the goal. And you know what? It's not so boring. Because you then have to be roidev shalom. And to be roidev shalom is not boring. I will tell you. That's a lot of excitement to try to create shalom between people. But then when there is shalom, guess what can happen next? You can bring people to Torah. There's no greater thrill than taking a yid, even from or not from, who is distanced from Torah, and to teach them Torah. There's nothing more thrilling than that. Nothing more exciting than that. How did your day go? You know what? We opened up a Gemara. We came to a hard Gemara. I learned the Gemara with my Chavrusa. And it was a thrilling time of learning. There was a person who needed a Chesed. And it was a thrilling Chesed I was able to do. Why can't we feel to get the thrill of Avodah Hashem? And Raboy said, this is really what the issue is, what we're mourning about. I mean, temporarily, let's forget about the Beis Amigdash for now, for a moment, just for a moment. What is it Hashem really wants? Well, he gets so much pain when he sees us fighting with each other. How much nachas? What gives a parent the greatest nachas? Let's focus that way. What would give you nachas? When I drive my grandchildren to carpool to school, what gives me what gives me pain if they would fight with each other? Baruch Hashem, they don't. Not very much. Very little. Very good boys. So I don't have that pain. But what gives me nachas is when I bring some treats to the car and I like to have one treat for everybody. But sometimes, whatever, I don't have, I only have one. And you hear my grandchildren, one saying, I'll be mavater, I don't need it. The other one says, I'll be mavater. They all are mavater. Nobody wants to take the one last treat until they force one of the kids to take the treat. That gives me simcha. 
That's the thrill. That's the excitement. Yeah, there could be excitement if, if grandchildren are fighting with each other, but that's not an excitement you want to have. You want excitement is who is Mavatar more than others. That's the excitement. So Rabbi I think one of the challenges, and as a schus for Aaron HaKoyen, that we should now think as we're Mavarchin Chodesh of, and Maybe the simcha we should be reducing is the thrill of machloikis. It is such a tasty dish. The thrill of machloikis. Let's minimize that simcha. And let's increase the nachas to Kodesh Baruch. That's very thrilling. Try to find anybody who you're not 100% at Shalom with and be the one to be Mavater. It's thrilling. It's hard, but thrilling. Try to be the one to share a Dvar Torah with somebody. Try to be Makar of somebody. Try to do Chesed with other people. I know Kinas is hard. So as the, as the story was that we said in the beginning, that go over and instead of crying over the stones, build some stones up. Build the stones. Is there anything more? One of the most thrilling things, you know, when it comes to fundraising, it's easier to fundraise for a building than it is for maintenance. Why? Because the building is thrilling. Okay, so now this isn't going to cost you any money. We're fundraising for the base Hamikdash now. It's a building campaign. And the building campaign is to put up bricks. You don't need money. You don't need money. It's bricks. It's every Maisa Chesed that you do builds another brick. Isn't that thrilling? Every Machloikas tears down the bricks. That's not exciting. You understand every Machloikas that you hear about and you learn about and you read about and you get involved with, it breaks down the bricks. When you hear less about humanity and when we hear all these disgusting things, we feel humanity is so low. So let's not destroy the bit. Let's build it up. Do a chesed. That's thrilling. If the media doesn't think it's thrilling, then you know for sure it's thrilling. And that's what we should be involved with. This is something that is in our ability. There are things, it's very hard to mourn for the base on English. It's very hard to mourn for something you never had. But one thing we truly believe, that we know. And we know the Mashiach is only going to come when we build the base on Megash with our Maisim Tovim. Can there be anything more thrilling than that? So let me close with a story that I saw today about a young Avrech in Eretz Yisrael, a young Kailu fellow who was in a building. And in the building, this young Avrech, there were two other families who were having a raging machlokas raging machlokas. And basically, it started in uh, 2021 Pesach time. You can imagine that was during the, uh, still part of the COVID, back and forth, whatever. So a lot of tension. And um, so there was machlokas. The machlokas was between a kolo family and a non-kolo family. And what happened is, is that the non-Kolo family insulted the Kolo family. You don't have to get into the details. Whatever the insult was. And the Kolo family, they they didn't speak. They didn't respond. 
But it was not pleasant because after that fight, they weren't talking to each other. Why? Because the non-Cole family felt the Cole family did something wrong. That's why they insulted them. And the Cole family said they insulted us. And I'm not talking to them until he apologized. That's the way it always goes. So one of the neighbors was also an Avrech, was a Cole fellow. So the neighbor will call him Aaron just to make it easy. He wanted to go in the ways of Aaron Akolin. Oh, hey, Shalom, Lord, hey, Shalom. And he wanted to bring some love and brotherliness between the two sides. Now again, so he goes to each side. One side says, listen, this guy's not normal. The other guy says, this guy insulted me publicly. Each one says, if he forgives that, if he uh, appeases, then fine. So this, this Aaron fellow, he didn't give up. You see, for him, bringing Shalom would be exciting, would be a thrill. Isn't it thrilling to get two parts together that don't want to speak to her? So he turns to the, he figures, where's the best chance? An avrech to an avrech. <laughs> Probably the best chance to convince him. So he goes over to him. He says, you know, the Gemara and Shabbos says that in order to make peace between a man and his wife, Hashem says, my name can be rubbed out. My holy name can be rubbed out into water. So the Kohl guy says to the other fellow, if Hashem, in order to bring peace, is willing to blot out his name, certainly you should blot out your name, Moisha Grois. Blot it out and try to forgive the person or ask for forgiveness. Believe me, there's going to be nothing better than that. Be the one that's Mavater. You see, we all have a name. My name. My name is who I am. I'm an important guy. Moshe Gross. Blot out your name. Forget about your name. Just blot it out to make Shalom. That's a Kailu guy speaking to a Kailu guy and he giving him a Gomorrah and he gave a very sharp point. The Kailu guy can't really argue it. It's just, okay, okay. But of course, to get around and write a letter and all this, it's okay, I'll write him a letter. I'll write him a letter. A month passes, another month passes, nothing's doing. The Kohl guy keeps uh, bugging him, nothing's doing. Rosh Yom Kippur's coming, nothing's doing. And the, and the fellow, the, the Aaron is trying to, you know, he keeps pushing him, pushing him. And the guy says, I know, I know, but it's so hard, it's so hard for me to go and write a letter to apologize. So now it became Purim. Okay, Purim, Purim's a day of uh, brotherly love. So the litigant Avrech said in his heart, today I'm going to try to stop the argument. And what am I going to do? So right after Shachris, they're reading the Megillah, this Avrech goes to home, he prepares a beautiful Mishloach Monos, and he writes a, a beautiful letter of apology to the neighbor. Okay. So, he writes the letter. He subsequently tells the other friend, the Kaila guy, he says, this was so hard for me to write this letter. I didn't do anything. They were the ones who embarrassed me. And I'm the one who has to make, you know how hard it is, but I overcame myself, I overcame my Yetzer. I sent my children with the Mishloach Monos and the letter of appeasement. 
And as my children were going, I looked up to Shemaim and I said, Hashem, you're the only one who knows what I'm feeling. How much I was hurt. And I'm doing this all for your name. Why? Because your desires to be more peace. Hashem, I ask from you that this should be an auspicious time of mercy before you and help me that this should help and also help me with Parnasa because it's a lots of pressure. Kill families suffer with a lot of financial issues. Says the Koilo fellow, just like the Gemara and Bracha says, Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa knew after he made a prayer for the sick, he knew if they would live or die. And how did he know? Because the prayer went out smoothly. He said, I felt Hashem received my prayer. Now, unfortunately, I don't have all of the rest of the details of the story. But this is the next detail of the story that I can share with you. This was in March, Purim. Now remember, this Kyle guy struggles, struggles, like all Kyle families struggle. Comes the end of April, he now makes a calculation. Normally every month he gets about 10,000 shekels, which is not really enough to make enough of a living. And this month, for some strange reason, certain deals went through, certain things went through. He calculated 38,000 shekels. 38,000 shekels. So he tells the story to the Aaron fellow. And he says, you see, you see, it's Kedai, it's worthwhile. If I know that, I'm going to be Mavatar all the time. Why? Because when you are Mavatar, you let it go. You're letting it go, not for yourself. You're letting it go because Hashem feels bad. You don't want the parent to feel sad about this. Can't there be anything more thrilling than that? Now, I imagine the author of the story didn't tell the rest of the story. I guess the point of the story was to tell us how Hashem will take care of you. Your moisture and is for Hashem. Hashem will do things outstandingly for you. Probably there was shalom from there also. But our boys say, let this Shabbos be a turning point for the coming nine days. And instead of tuning in to media that has all kinds of thrilling things about how terrible things are in the world, tune in to your own ability to have the thrill of Shalom. The thrill of Shalom, and who is most thrilled about it? The Rabbi Shalom. If we're able to rebuild the base of Yisrael or not, I don't know. It's not for me to say. We hope so. But the thrill of being in the most major building campaign in the history of the world, a building campaign that's taken almost 2,000 years to be the Talmide Shalaren and to be able to have the thrill of Chesed, the thrill of bringing Shalom, the thrill of being carving people to Torah and the Tzchus of Aaron HaKoyen, we should now hope that we have at least successfully built more stones for the Beis Hamikdash. It'll be up to Hashem to look at our tefillos 
and to see how much we want him to not suffer, to finally bring the base Amigdash and end our suffering in Parnassa, in all areas. Bimheri Amenu, Amen. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful air of Shabbos.